Hello, everybody, and welcome to Game Masters Under Dark, where three game masters get together to answer your questions about running tabletop RPGs. Uh, as always, I am Will, the, I guess, de facto MC at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not debatable. I still don't know how to do the intro for myself. It's always awkward. Uh, but I am joined this week by Matt R. Uh, Matt, how you doing? That's me. Yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> and uh, this week we are joined by Matt H., who is here for uh, his episode. Matt, how are you doing? I'm great. I, I don't have to work. So yes. <laughs> I'm here. Yes, and uh, I do want to make an apology to everybody uh, who does listen or watch. Uh, the last couple episodes were a little late. Um, it's my fault. I, uh, I was, I was going to say it. Somebody <laughs> did. <laughs> no, I, I was going to try to find a, a, a nice way to say it. It's my fault. Uh, between school and work, uh, anybody who's in school understands it's the last couple weeks of the semester. So I was busy and I forgot. Um, <laughs> it happens. Uh, obviously, with the holidays, things are a little tight as always. So um, now that I've kind of knocked one of my classes out, I can focus a little more and we should be back to our normal Friday afternoon release schedule. So uh, sorry to everybody who, uh, you know, I know we have a lot of people that listen kind of right when it comes out. So my apologies. Um, I forgive you. Thank you. I'm that person right now. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, we are going to uh, finish up our three-part series on character creation. Um, the first part we did, Matt R., where he kind of went through the process. You know, we created a character using D&D Beyond, um, not a sponsor. And then uh, I went through uh, how I use Xanathar's Guide to Everything, which I know I talk about quite a bit on creating a background. Um, and now Matt will go over what he does. Uh, I, I, I feel like this might be a little more crunchy than me and Matt's, uh, Matt R's episode, but uh, that is kind of one of the things that we all bring to the table. You know, we each have a different style. So uh, Matt always brings the surprises. He does. He does. <laughs> and uh, with, with that being said, um, before we kind of get into the super crunchy part of this, Matt, um, how do you start with creating a character? Um, you've been playing a long time, so, you know, but I know you we, we talk, you have a lot of ideas for different characters. Um, so you, you don't have that issue like I do with necessarily needing, maybe maybe needing a, like a Xanathar's or something like that. So what do you do with, uh, with all this experience in creating your characters? So when it comes to creating my characters, I normally just will be hit with inspiration or a concept just out of nowhere. It's how my brain works. It could be three in the morning and I wake up to grab a glass of water and I'll be hit with something or I'll be in the shower washing my hair and that's just something when will hit you. Yeah. yeah, something <laughs> will hit me. <laughs> and then I wake up on the floor. Um, no. <laughs> shower thoughts are big so, I have a lot of my best ones in, in the shower as well so <laughs> indeed uh, but that's it's just how it comes to me it comes at random points um, just random inspiration and I it normally comes to me in sort of large just nebulous concepts like character concepts um, and the one that I'm going to be delving a little bit deeper into today is something we're all familiar with is the stereotypical like fairy tale knight in shining armor concept okay so 
I'll get something like that just stuck in my brain and I go, okay, I see how they look in my brain. I know from the various forms of media, how they're represented, what they do, what they're good at, all that stuff. How can I translate this thought into the mechanics of this game? And that's sort of how I work with it. Um, I've been accused of being uh, a min-maxer, a power gamer, and all that. Um, not saying that I'm not those things. Uh, <laughs> I I definitely enjoy seeing like, oh, I have like a plus 19 in this now if I do these things, or being able to do like 200 points of damage a turn. That's fun. But... What I really do and why I really delve into mechanics, and this is a little bit more of game philosophy at this point, is what I have envisioned for my character, I want to have tangible mechanical things that represent how I view my character and how I want my character to influence the story. And I want them to be the best at doing that. Like uh, with this current concept, I think of, okay, what are the things that are important to the knight in shining armor? Well, they have they are the knight in shining armor. So I'm like, okay, I would probably want them to have a relatively high armor class. So that's something that I would focus on for the build. But then I delve a little bit deeper into that because it's very easy to just get a very high armor class. That doesn't make a well-rounded character, in my opinion. I'm like, well, what do knights do? Knights fought people they led on the battlefield. But what does the knight in shining armor do? How do we view that trope? The knight in shining armor, at least in my mind, he protects people. He wants to keep people alive and well around him. So as I start sort of falling into the layers of this character, I start thinking, well, in that aspect, this class or this spell or this skill would represent that really nice. It's almost like building a puzzle at this point where I have sort of all the pieces of this character that I want to put together. I sort of get all the pieces and I'm like, okay, now let's put all these puzzle pieces together to make a character. And that's just sort of how my brainstorming process works. No, and that's, I mean, I think that definitely comes from uh, what I kind of mentioned earlier is you have a lot of experience in D&D where somebody like me is like, oh, I just, I want to try, uh, I think I've done this in every game. I've played a different class, a different <laughs> like race. You know, I, I'm not as familiar. So I kind of am, you know, taking a little bit of everything, trying to figure it out. Whereas you've played enough that you're like, I know that this character does whatever it is. Well, let's go with that. Um, and another thing, <clears throat> excuse me, frog in the throat. Uh, another thing I did want to touch on real quick for any new DMs, uh, or GMs is the idea of the min maxer or or uh, power player as you as you kind of coined it. Um, if you're new and you're not sure what that is, that is somebody who looks at the mechanics especially and says, "How can I break the game? 
I'm going to throw up air quotes for those who are just listening. Um, and I, I read a lot online, of, you know, being new and talking to you guys and a lot of even experienced DMs don't like that idea of, you know, I, like you said, I get a plus 19 at like second level for doing stealth. And it's like, okay, so you pass on, I'm just going to give you every stealth check. But uh, what I will say is if you do have a player that does that, um, while it can be difficult, um, I know like I try to embrace that challenge because <laughs> it's like, okay, you're good at stealth. Uh, but especially if you use a digital tool like D&D Beyond where you can put everybody's character in a campaign and you as the DM can see everybody's stuff. Um, I'll go in there and uh, these guys know I, I was doing it. I've, I've been doing it. I'm like, what do you have in this? Oh, you have a plus this. Okay. Oh, you don't do well at that. I'm going to find ways to now challenge you to do a lot of roles for things that you're not good at. And that doesn't mean I'm never going to throw you a bone. Um, Matt R's character in my campaign gets basically advantage on every history check he gets but he's got like a minus one and I can't remember what it is right now even though I was looking at it earlier he gets something, a minus something very useful yes but I'm like <laughs> oh okay well you might gain advantage on this quite a bit because of how his character is built you know he basically has inspiration on that oh there's 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 <laughs> oh, it's there's right. my dog there's the dog um, but while Matt may, I give him basically advantage on that. I give him a lot of roles where it's like, you're going to take that minus one. <laughs> and it's like a rolling. So it, <laughs> so, it works out. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, so it balances out. So I know it can be difficult. Um, and, and I, I, but I think you should embrace that challenge. <laughs> you know, look at that. Like I said, look There's... at that sheet and find out what they're bad at or bad at. And, how can you create a puzzle, a dungeon that pushes, you know, pushes them to use that skill or several skills and make them, make them work for it. <laughs> There's also an attitude towards power building. I know Matt, you power build. You've done it in my games a few times, several times, but you've never had the attitude of like, I'm here to break Matt's game. Um, I think you're, you we've talked about this. I think we talked about this yesterday <laughs> where um, your attitude and you can speak on this, but I've always felt uh, has always been you power build, but to empower your specific character in backstory, like through their backstory. And that's why they're, that's why they're so good at what they do. And because of that, it gives me like a uh, story to build off of and stuff like that. So I've never felt like that type of power building is bad. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever played with somebody that's been, that one, knew the system well enough to to power build and then abused that. I don't think I've ever played with anybody like that, but I'm grateful for Matt for not doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, Matt, but I agree. I think attitude has a lot to do with that as well. Matt's not out to screw anybody's games up. He's just like, if you make me do this skill, just know I'm going to do it well. <laughs> it's an attitude. Yeah. So I think the reason why a lot of people have like the min-maxing power gaming, like that puts a bad taste in their mouth is people come at it. I'm a mechanics guy, but people come at it purely from a me um, mechanics standpoint where they'll single out one thing and they'll pick 
the race and various classes to be very optimized at one thing. And if you ask them, hey, narratively, why is your character this race and all these different classes? When they can't think of a reason why, that's just when they're <laughs> men maxing. They're just doing it for the pure numbers point. And I like, I just enjoy building characters in general, but I also enjoy building effective characters because it's good to feel effective. It's good to have a character that, you know, is good at, you know, the things that they want to specialize in. But there's always a narrative reason for why they are good at the things that they are good at. Yeah. And sometimes the character concepts that I've had before, it works really well as a concept, but mechanically it's not the best. And I don't mind playing characters like that as long as the concept of the character is coming through, which is what I personally try to achieve. Yeah. yeah. And I think before we, we continue on with your, your character building, wh what I will say is kind of an asterisk to this is I think most people get upset with the power build min maxing idea because they do it specifically for attack, like for combat. Let me, let me, for, for combat. It's not, they don't do it like um, a jack of all trades, like I'm good at every single skill check which I know you, you said you found a way to do that in a character, but like, yeah. that's, that's cool. That's, that's a fun little way to play that character. But I think when most people get that bad taste in their mouth is, um, and you guys know, I send you guys funny videos all the time of it. Like at level two, you can do this with this kind of character. And it's one of those, like this, that's really broken and people probably shouldn't do that. And that's when DMs, especially new ones, get a bad taste in their mouth because it's hard enough. Like I still struggle with creating encounters. I was picking your guys' brain just last week. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. What level should a PC be if I want to do this? You know, I'm still struggling with that. So to have somebody who's out there with them, I don't want to call it malicious, but with their intent is to destroy all the, your encounters, it does make it difficult. So I, I, I want to do preface all that, that when we say min-maxing, that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. I, I personally, from what I've read, that gears towards combat, not skill checks. Mm -hmm. So, um, like Matt said, though, uh, at least with us, we always make make sure each other has like a good narrative reason for that. Um, and and I think if you can, if even if you have to work with your player to create that, if they as long as they can create a good reason for it, I say go for it. <laughs> right. You know? That just that you have to work your your DM muscles a little bit more. <laughs> Flex those brain muscles. Exactly. So you've you've got your concept. So we know you're going um, knight in shining armor. Um, so right. when when you do that, I think first thing people think knight fighter. I'm guessing. Uh, there, is a starting point. <laughs> there are some fighter levels, but there's he's more than just a fighter. Oh, okay, okay. So um, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I, I play a paladin, so that automatically comes to mind. <laughs> yep. um, so yeah, so get, let's uh, like kind of get into it. What's uh, what are you working with? <laughs> so the way how I build my characters is a little bit different 
than how other people build their characters. Because normally, they're like, they build a first level character or build up to whatever level they're starting at, whether that's third or fifth or whatever. Um, I build my character all the way out to 20th level and then scale back to whatever level we are playing at. Um, That way I sort of already have a track for where my character is going. So in case we do something like level up in the middle of a session or something, I already know I can just either click some buttons on my laptop or if we're playing in person, just erase some things, write some things down and boom, I'm ready to go again. Uh, takes a little bit more work on the front end, but big payoff on the back end. Yeah, that was going to be yeah. so. Um, character creation can take a while, depending on the person. Some people not so much, but for for you know, if if say it took an average of thirty minutes to make a character, doing it your way, how much more time do you think that would add on to that thirty minutes? Just so, like, and then I know we're kind of ballparking it here, and every build's a little different, but. Mm. how much how much more of how much more extra work is that um in your estimation so if you're not dealing with spells it it would actually take me about 30 minutes to build a character all the way out to 20th level um if i had a concept in mind going into it because normally going into it i would already have my race and class or classes um, and maybe a couple of skills, uh, and I would already know the subclasses in those classes that I would pick at that point. I'm literally just just punching stuff into the computer, just jotting it down. Yeah. If I'm doing something with spells, spells <laughs> slow a lot of things down. At that point, I would say to make sure that I pick all of the spells that I absolutely wanted, it would take me about... 45-ish minutes to start completely from scratch going full spellcaster all the way out to 20th level. Okay, so not like a huge amount of time. No. Okay, because I know um, I've not actually tried that method before. Um, I do it when I'm making like PC characters that I want you guys to have like boss fights with um, where I'm like test paladin test cleric (laughs) you know what i mean and like i fiddle with it that way but never for a character that like i'm going to play long term uh so um that's interesting because i actually had to build off of one of your characters and like based on the spells you already took i was like i hope i picked the rest of these correctly um (laughs) because i'm sure you guys are gonna find out real soon next time i run but (laughs) Or will you? Um, but anyway, getting sidetracked. Um, so yeah, so I, I definitely see what you're saying though. Like when I'm putting putting them together, and I think I think that it also depends on the setting. If it's a low magic setting, you may not want to put fireball on your wizard because that could be a problem. Um, but a little mage hand, a little thaumaturgy is not going to hurt anybody. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think That's what you say <laughs> right. <laughs> But um, you know, minor illusion. But um, but no, I, I do think that, that that makes sense building it out to 20th level. I think I'm gonna have to try that next time because sometimes you do you don't get to see the 
the feats you might want to take. You're, you're not going to see all the the nuts and bolts of it and see how it all works together. So um, I definitely see the advantage of doing it that way instead of just like, well, I'll figure it out when I get there. <laughs> right. Because, uh, th- yeah, that definitely makes sense. So cool. So you know you've got your concepts. You've got your you, – you've taken that time to build out your levels of – one class or multi-class um you've already hinted that you've multi-classed this knight in shining armor so um mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's your next step though you, you know you, you're taking your time filling out everything 20th level um what what's your next pro- what's the next step in that process oh oh he breeze i think we lost him all right the internet freeze well <laughs> right now we just we can like sing yeah. and wait for his return no we can't we can't really sing man it'll, it'll get us demonetized we'll um, make up our own songs oh um, matt you've gone <laughs> to the void <laughs> yes we we've lost matt there um so uh let's see um oh man Oh, it's gonna have to edit it. Yep, there it goes. (laughs) Oh, Matt, there there he is. Gone. Oh, there he is. (laughs) We got him back. I literally just texted you guys that my internet just went out. Hey, that's what happens when you when it when uh, you start recording, man. We're leaving it all in dead air with my musical. Right, we're gonna leave it all in. Um, I'm intrigued to see that part. I'm in this episode and I have no clue what just happened. (laughs) It's going to be a treat for me too. Right. Um, Easter eggs and all kinds of craziness. Um, (laughs) Not really. But (laughs) so uh, I think we were at, um, you've taken that time, uh, get you got a 20th level on paper. Um, So once you've taken the time to fill that out, um, this is actually something I've always personally struggled with and multi-classing is, how do you know what levels to take and when? So when it comes to what levels to take and when, it really sort of depends on what visually and mechanically, what do you want to get out of this character? Um, In this case, for this example, I went uh, seven fighter and 13 paladin. Okay. Uh, for the paladin, I specifically went all the way up to 13th level because there is a fourth level paladin spell that I really wanted to grab. And that was, uh, what was it? Summon Greater Steed is what I wanted. So I knew straight out of the gate that I was at least going um, 13th level to get that and there was some other bells and whistles that i just liked having for a paladin because you know having more points in lay on hands is always nice yes (laughs) so and with a fighter i knew that i at least wanted to let me pull it up here to see which uh feature that i specifically uh yes there was a certain uh maneuver that i wanted that i got at seventh level uh for being a cavalier fighter because when you think of knight in shining armor you think of one riding on a horse yeah mounted horse so mounted combat so it 
for this build, it lined up really well that I wanted to be 13th level of Paladin. And the only maneuver that I was absolutely dead set on in wanting in this build was at seventh level of being that type of fighter. So adding those two together, bada bang, bada boom, 20th level. So that's sort of how I look at it of how high you want to go in either levels or any levels you could have you know three different classes or four um three is pushing it at that point in my mind because then you're losing out on a lot of the big abilities of a lot of classes by stretching it to three you can still do it there's plenty of um characters and builds that i've seen that do it quite well uh but the more you spread yourself around the less big stuff you're getting from all of those classes uh, when to take them though it's really sort of up to you when you want to take them um narratively you might have reasons why uh you'd want to take one class level over another um like if you're at this point in this build if he was um one level fighter one level paladin if he just did a lot of hacking and slashing and slumming it through a dungeon, he might just take a level of fighter, you know, just, just hacking away at stuff. If there was a point where, you know, he had this oath of the crown paladin. Um, if he did a lot of diplomacy stuff or he did quite a lot of healing or something like that, I would might take a level in paladin. So when and where to do it, unless you're looking for specific abilities at specific times, or if you're just really trying to get those attribute points or um, feats that you want as early on as possible, uh, I just tried to do it with what narratively makes sense at that point, where if I'm using a lot of skills and abilities from one class during that couple of sessions uh before a level up i would probably level up in that one and if there's really no narrative direction or either one makes sense sometimes just flip a coin it's like where are we going now boys <laughs> so that's just sort of how i decide yeah because i know when i've read um a lot of builds online they're like take your first three or four at this then start taking this but then kind of like you said then it's like maybe every other level you're kind of flip-flopping you know it depends like you said on the build um but i've never heard uh narrative being the reason um i and i agree with that um but I, that it's usually like you were saying um you want you want to do it this way because this ability synergizes with this ability so if you take this first then that it works better vices you know vice versa so um i, I do like the narrative idea because i think that makes it easier in a lot of ways uh, mm -hmm. especially for a newer player if you want a multi-class um like hey pay attention to where the story is going or like you said what you're doing and that will make your your decision um so that's that makes a lot of sense now uh a little softball for you here we talked about this a little earlier uh, what is required for somebody to multi-class? So this is something that you really have to look at, uh, even at first level. If you're just starting out 
first level, you really have to keep an account where your stats are going because if you're playing by raw or rules as written for D&D when it comes to multi-classing there is stat minimums basically that you have to meet to get into certain classes uh just using warlock as example if i start off as a first level rogue and i want to take my next level in warlock I would at least need to have a 13 charisma to get into that class, Um, which is why I sort of started building my characters all the way up to 20th level from from the get-go, from character creation, because if I really wanted to go a certain way um, and take, you know, my, I've, done six levels of cleric but then i want to take my seventh level in you know fighter or whatever and i look at my character sheet and i have like a 10 strength or something Mm -hmm. or a 10 dex or whatever the you know stat might be for whatever given class that can really sort of be a bummer you know where you can't your character on paper is not the same as the character in your mind because the numbers on your paper don't match up with what they need to be. Um, Which is why numbers are very important in this game. And oddly enough, I'm not sure if anybody said this, but I'll say it now. Numbers are important because of the story of this game. And that's, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I've always been a mechanics guy when it, when it comes to me running or uh, playing as a character is the numbers, all the numbers, all the dice, all the filled in boxes, all the spell slots, all the bonuses to hit. And all of that is just to, supposed to represent what is happening in the narrative it is your way with interacting with the narrative and as soon as you lose sight of that and the numbers just become the numbers are you real are you really playing D at that point or are you just like doing some math for fun <laughs> you know that's how i see it i mean don't get me wrong play the way how you want to play but that's just how i play i'm not you doing know? i'm not doing math for fun uh, you, you guys know yes, that. I am. I'm doing it all the time. I'm making up stuff as we go. <laughs> you guys know me. I'm not. I'm not doing that math this time. Literally, I will. I will have you guys. Be, I'll be like, uh, I don't know. Roll this much dice. Add two. Boom. Sure, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that that is true. Matt does. Um, <laughs> Matt does do a lot of it on the fly, but it works for you. That's your style. Me, I'm very much like I need to have at least options available. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like I've learned that now through my through my style of playing is like what you guys do is up to you, but I need to have options in case something happens or doesn't happen. And I, I ad lib. I just need to know what my options are. <laughs> I like to say that I shoot from the hip, but I know geometry. So that's how I run. I make it up on the spot, but I know the mechanics. I miss all the time. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was gonna say, right? I might as I might as well be blindfolded while I'm shooting. Um, so so um, I I know we this is kind of a uh, we talked about this a little earlier when uh, uh, before the show, but when you said that uh, taking those levels in Paladin, there are some players that might not think of the knight in shining armor because they would just that sounds just like a fighter. Knights didn't have magic to use. Um, so again, another another thing that we, you know, I guess a question uh, for somebody on the opposite side of that is saying, well, Matt, that's not a, a, a real knight because they didn't have magic. Why would you take the paladin classes, uh, especially more of them than the fighter outside of the, the like some of the spells? What, what, what from a knight standpoint uh, makes paladin a good choice? So to combat the argument of real knights didn't have magic, this is also D and D. I know. I, I just I, I find it intriguing that people would go there in a game of uh, an adult game of make believe, which in essence is what D and D is. But yeah. I, I mean, I've been on Reddit and I've seen these kinds of comments before. Of well, if you want to be real about it. You know, there's people who like, and, and I'm mocking people, I shouldn't do that, but there are people that like the hyper-realism of being able to build a kingdom and have knights, and because knights didn't have magic, what I already said. So, you know, for those people who are into the hyper-realism of it, um, can you justify it? Or if not, are you concerned about not being able to do that? <laughs> so the reason why I picked more levels of paladin than fighter for the knight in shining armors build is when i think of a paladin when i just picture a paladin in my mind i think of one of two things either somebody in armor shining armor riding on a horse striking down evil or you know, like smiting it, holy fire, all that stuff. Or I think of somebody in shining armor healing the sick. If knights of medieval time did have magic, they would be paladins. And that's just in my mind how I see it. The oaths, their codes of conduct, even if you look at a lot of the paladin spells and abilities, a lot of it revolves around, you know, the like being honorable, you know, the rules of engagement during medieval uh, times. A lot, the paladin class, if you actually look back into D&D, was literally designed around, hey, what if like medieval knights could also do some divine magic. That's basically it. A knight or a paladin is pretty much just a cross between a fighter, a knight in shining armor, with a little bit of cleric influence. Which you could even argue that a cleric could be a knight in shining armor, just way more magical. But that that that's not the argument we're having today. Not today. So, not today. Um, so and and I pulled up uh, the paladin classes, at least the the subclasses I have access to. Um, in book form in both of the crown well and i was gonna say both of the crown i mean that sounds just like if we wanted to break it down a standard knight you're a knight that's a knight of the round table you right. know but then you look both over the, 
when I hear like Oath of the, Oath of the Ancients, how many times in, in literature, whether it's movies or books, they come from an ancient order of whatever, knights. Like literally ancient. It's like the Green Knight. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, you you know, there's, um, there's Oath of Redemption. How many times have we seen knights go on redemption stories in, in, in literature? You know, like glory. They fight for glory. That's literally what they're fighting for uh, a lot of the time. So um, uh, vengeance, sometimes that's a thing. Uh, 47 Ronin comes to mind. Sometimes that's a thing. I mean, what, sometimes what? vengeance is a thing. You're right. I mean, th- like that, but that's a popular <laughs> story in Japan of the, you know, the, the 47 Ronin. That's a very popular story about vengeance. Mm-hmm. And granted, they're samurai, but samurai subclass is there for fighter. I mean, like to tie it all back into D&D. So, I mean, it's, that's a fighter subclass, but that doesn't mean you couldn't be both. Why can't you be a samurai who also has an oath of vengeance? And now I'm going to make this character. So <laughs> a, a knight in shining armor is not just unique to European fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Knights in shining armor, that concept of a very noble knight with armor to distinguish himself from a peasant, that's all over the world. Absolutely. So. And, and uh, you know, I, I started rambling there. Now I have a new character concept myself. So that'll be fun. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, I see what you're saying. Like, out the idea of if you want hyper realism cool that's your campaign um i don't think that's for any of the three of us we like certain levels of realism but we like magic so <laughs> you know that we do so um i mean yeah pretty much all my classes i think i usually get multi-class into something with magic uh, that's just my thing um i don't like not being able to cast so um yeah so that's you know to each his own, I think is what we're getting at. And um, so you back on track now. So you've created, you've gone to level 20, you know what uh, what works well with what as far as features and abilities and and spells um, and things like that. Um, oh, uh, sorry, I need to put, do not disturb on my, whoops. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Okay, this First is already my internet, been, and now Will's bonkers right? I'm, <laughs> I'm, it's going crazy. I'll, well, I'll tell you guys who it was in a little bit, but um, so um, what it's is our the, agent, <laughs> right? Uh, so, kind of, what is the the next step in that process, though? I mean, uh, like we've gone over, we've gone over, you know, uh, the basics of it. Is there anything extra that you like to do that you you look at? Um, even from a backstory perspective, like I know you said that that's a big part of it for you is um, you mechanically, yes, this needs to work, but like you said, you need to be able to justify your background. Um, so how much do you use, um, like, is it all just off the top of your head stuff or do you use some things um, that maybe you learned in like 3.5 as far as like character building? Um, or even older editions, like how, what is your process for the background and being able to justify this character? So a lot of this stuff, and I could do this at any point in creating a character, depending on the group that I'm in, um, I sort of touch base with everybody else to see what they're doing. 
because I know we do this as a group and a lot of other people do it too, is we always sort of do the, hey, do our characters already know each other? Yeah. Thing. So depending on what somebody else says that their character is or they're thinking about or they're working on, that might impact what I'm working on. Sometimes I might change the class. Um, I don't do that so much with 5e because in older editions of D&D, the whole like you have to have a fighter and a rogue and a cleric and all that stuff used to be real big in older editions, not so much in 5e. And I like that about the system. You could play an entire party of fighters and 99% of the time you'll be fine which is good, which is not a bad thing about 5e. But um, I might change some stuff with my backstory, depending on what they say, where I can still have mechanically the same thing and the same representation and the same influence on certain things in the narrative, but have a completely different mindset or personality of the character going into it to where if everybody's like yes we're playing you know heroes of the realm like we're these good characters out to fight evil then my standard what i was already thinking knight in shining armor cool like that we're we're gonna go with that because the thought process of that was stereotypical good guy knight personality maybe with some tweaks here and there to make him a real person and not a stereotype but that's basically what the overall tone and feel was what i was going for if everybody comes to the table and they're like yeah we're the scum of the earth we're gonna rob this kingdom blind we're gonna burn villages down I might have to rethink how I'm going to interact as that character with that group. Now, could it be fun to play that good guy with a group full of scumbag characters? Yes. But if you want a more cohesive group, and even if the DM is just like, hey, this, this is a villain campaign. Cut loose, grab you a beer and some pretzels, this is just going to be bonkers we're going to do evil stuff let's go then i might change the knight in shining armor concept to be more of a black knight concept to where he's still very honorable but also very evil at the same time he's doing honor bound duels and things like that but he's doing them for his own means or his own purposes or he's doing them for a lord that he knows to be evil and a tyrant and all that stuff but he still has his own code when it comes to engaging with worthy foes and whatnot so a lot of the personality stuff and even background character blocks major life events so on and so forth is really influenced a lot by who all's coming to the table, really. Not players, I know that already, but like who they're bringing to the table, what yeah. character yeah. concepts that they are bringing to the table might influence that. Yeah, and then yeah. I build on that, I think 
I, like you said, we do a good job with this. Um, but I, I think that's one of the questions we always ask first is like, I want to build this character. And we might spend the first few minutes, you know, like you said, you build your level 20. I'm just kind of like, well, I look more at the subclasses, you know, like, oh, do I want to play this kind? Do I want to do this, that? But then about halfway through, we're all like, do we know each other before we even get to the background? Because like you said, if that's the case, um, we need to, we don't have to spend a ton of time, but yes or no, okay, well, then we'll put the backstory off. But I, I've noticed that a lot of times if, if we forget because maybe we're just super pumped to make these new characters, I think I've noticed almost every time when we've waited till the end to ask that question, we're just like, no, we don't know each other. Because now we've already got this super cool concept built up. It's like, I don't want to rewrite that. <laughs> and, and, you know, that happens. There's nothing wrong with not knowing who each other is. But I think the smaller a group is, um, it definitely takes like a, a talent, a more talented um, DM to try to figure out a way to make that work. Um, you know, uh, you, you guys definitely... Um, you guys, I, I have done it really well when, like, um, when I joined, first joined this group, and Matt was like, "You don't know anybody," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, well, we'll figure this out." And um, I kind of, in a roundabout way, built off of that one in my campaign when I had you guys start in different cities and then meet in the middle. You know, um, granted, it's that was just more of a conceptual thing that I thought up on the fly because I realized I didn't have a good reason. <laughs> But, you know, I, I think when you have a smaller group, it, you, I would err on, on the side of like, you should probably know each other. But if you've got like a group of five or six, yeah, only one or two of you guys got to know each other. <laughs> That's right. So um, I, I think that definitely depends on the size of your group as well. Um, and so, I, but I agree, you know, taking the time, knowing who's bringing what from a player perspective to the table can clear a lot of that up so um yeah i'm trying to think that's you kind of covered everything that matt and i discussed as far as uh our, our the process and um your, your kind of number crunchy thing is there anything i missed anything that you wanted to add because i'm I, I can't think of anything else to ask <laughs> so depending on what level the dm is starting you at the, the way how I sort of approach things is when you look at a at a character sheet, and I'll just pull the character sheet up just for the guy I made for fun just to use it as an example. I like to go through every single aspect of the character sheet. The stats, you know, the health, the armor class, the skills, the saves, the spells, the weapons, the armor, all that. And I always want to find a narrative reason and something I put in my backstory of an explanation for everything that's on the character sheet. Because we're playing a game that's about stories and fantasy realms and whatnot. And our character sheet and our dice is how we interact with that. So every single bit and piece on this character sheet is a way how you can interact with the story. 
and the way how the story has interacted with you. So like looking through this, my character has a 16 strength. Okay. And he had a 16 strength at character creation. I actually didn't bump his strength at all, all the way up to 20th level because I was too busy taking feats because I take feats at every stat increase because I just love feats. But I think... I do feet or not. Uh, not in a weird way. Don't take that out of context. Oh, let's let's not. Uh, but, yep. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Um, why do I have this 16 strength when the average commoner doesn't have a 16 strength? Well, I'm a knight. I trained as a knight. I worked my muscles, lifting heavy swords, wearing heavy armor, lifting shields, all that stuff that builds up your muscles. That explains that. And then I'd move on to the next thing, like 10 decks. Why do I have a 10 decks? Well, it's because I'm riding my horse most of the time and I'm wearing this armor. So I never really tried to be super nimble or anything like that. I didn't try to dodge blows. I would just put up my shield and I would sort of go through the entire con, all of the stats, all of the skills, every single aspect about my, my character sheet and try to build in a narrative reason in my backstory to explain why every single number is the way that it is on my character sheet. Okay. And that's just how I do. No, that's, and that's, um, I think I've only ever do that with like the main stat. So like if I have a bard and, or a caster who uses charisma, why is your charisma high? How did you get that skill? Like, I, I think I only ever do that with like the main again, for those just listening, air quotes, the, the main skill, but I never really think about it too much of like, or too much as, you know, what are the other ones about? You know, maybe maybe take a low strength score makes sense because like uh, in our, in Matt's Witchlight campaign, I'm a fairy, I'm small. No, I'm not very strong. <laughs> like, so for me, I, sometimes I'm like, that's common sense. Why do I need to make that into a backstory thing? But I can see where, depending on how your character's built and how you're playing it, that's a, a, a big advantage because it also helps you get in the mindset of how to play that character. Mm -hmm. So, uh, no, that's, I like that. That's, I think this is the first time we, uh, as long as I've, I've known you and we've been playing, I don't think I've ever asked you any of these questions. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is nice. I'm getting a little, we're, we're getting a little insight here. Uh, dun, dun, dun. The inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Oh Lord, big words. Um, <laughs> Patrick Starr, SpongeBob SquarePants. I know. I, yeah. It was from a big man. It was, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, so Matt, uh, R, do you have any questions or anything for Matt before we... Uh, we uh, I, feel, I feel like we're winding down here. We, we got a lot of good stuff in this one. <laughs> I do not have any questions. All right. Uh, I don't either. Matt, is there any anything else you wanted to add on before we, uh, we wrap this one up? Don't let anybody tell you your character is bad. If you like your character, because this is all about character creation, if you like your character, go with it. As long as it's not offensive, it doesn't have to be optimized. You don't have to be great at anything. If you like it and you enjoy the way how they feel and the way how everything works on it, then you have a good character. That's Agreed. it. Agreed. All right. Well, uh, Matt, that was fantastic. I'm glad you were finally back and able to join us. Thank you. Um, I know you've, you've been super busy with your still relatively new job. 
Um, <laughs> About two months, so yeah, yeah still new. Still relatively new. Um, and like I said, well, now that school's winding down, I should be back on back on top of my editing game and have these things <laughs> have our episodes <laughs> back out on time. Uh, obviously, with uh, Christmas and New Year coming up, no promises, but um, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll do our best to try to to get something there for you guys. Um, you know, but if we don't, you know, even if it's just a video of me singing our new song, oh, Lord. Matt's Matt's gone to the void. <laughs> well, we, we'll we'll let Matt coming out this holiday season. <laughs> we'll let we'll let Matt uh, search through this episode and try to find that. Um, all righty, guys. Well, uh, as always, it's been fun. Um, this this was a, a really good conversation. I, I I learned a lot, like genuinely. I, I it gives me a totally new perspective on how to build my characters. Um, so it, it even if nobody else gets anything out of it, I definitely did. Uh, this is this is really good um so as always everybody uh if you enjoyed the video like comment subscribe um as always we're uh if you just want the audio only version we're on spotify uh apple music uh, uh or apple podcast uh google podcast we're on amazon <laughs> uh so we're on we're, yeah we're, we're everywhere um there should be links in the description but if not if you just go to our homepage on youtube uh the links are up there as well um we if you do want wish to support us further uh, we do have a patreon uh, we don't have much on there right now but um you know we understand especially holiday season and uh you know it's hard <laughs> we got presents to buy i have a, i have a two-year-old that i have to buy presents for so um yeah, I, I got i got myself right so I, I know it's hard <laughs> <No>. <laughs> hey sometimes you're the hardest one to buy for because you don't know which one you want first um but there's a book sale on dd beyond again not a sponsor everything and then there's also grapes on sale dd grapes uh (laughs) so uh but any any support we do get guys we we do truly appreciate it and uh we thank you for anybody who, who everybody that watches and listens and uh you know we're gonna we're gonna keep chugging along and putting these out so uh if you have any questions or anything um put them down in the comments below and as always, we're going to keep our eyes out on, on Reddit and the rest of the internet to, you know, for some more cool content for you guys. So uh, have a great uh, rest of your finger guns. <laughs> I got distracted with Matt's finger guns. Um, as always, guys, have a, a happy Friday. Uh, have a good weekend and happy gaming. We'll see you guys next week. I'm back.